You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. I sound like I was at the Packers and Bengals game on Friday. I was not. I'm just sick. So I'm sorry for the way that I sound on this podcast. But Perry, the game was too good to not talk about it, right? We had to come on here and talk about how all of the Packers looked in their first outing. Well, some of their first outing, at least first outing of the season in green and gold. So what do you what do you think about the game on Friday night? First outing as a new offense. Um, I, I mean, it's preseason. You know, I think you take some things with a grain of salt, but I like the way the I like the way the offense looked. I, um, I think what was good about it, and I think I would have actually liked to see the starters play for like maybe one more series, but naturally it was the first game, so they still have more time together. Is just getting through some of those like in-game hiccups that you can't replicate in practice. Like I really liked that on the scoring drive, the touchdown drive, they had a false start and had to back up five yards. You know what I mean? Like there were certain things that just happen in games that you need to be able to bounce back from. So I loved that. Um, I just think the more that this team plays together, the better that they're going to be. My highlights are – Jordan Love looks super comfortable back there. And I know that everyone's going to say, oh, the Bengals weren't playing their starters. Lottie Dot don't care. The Packers offensive line blocked incredibly, also missing one of their starters right on the left side. So take that for what you will. He had plenty of time and mostly he just looked like really composed and really comfortable back there. Um, You look back to like the Kansas city game where you just were like, man, this guy is so rattled by all this pressure. He doesn't know where he's going. He does not look like he's commanding jack shit. Flash forward, you know, to another start. And he just like, he looks comfy cozy there. He looks cute, like QB1. Um, obviously, that's going to need to be translated into full games and, um you know, he's going to go up against defenses that get in his face, but I just liked his poise. Um, And then the second thing that stood out to me is, man, this offense is going to feature a lot of Luke Musgrave. It's just going to be so much Luke Musgrave over and over and over. And I am here for it. Look, if this team thinks that a rookie tight end can be a big contributor, whether that's in the run game blocking or in the pass game, it seems like it's going to be heavily in the pass game. Then I think 
pulling any kind of defenders away from Watson and Dobbs is going to just like make this offense hum really nicely because you can see that love has a really nice connection with his wide receivers as well. So um, I just think I like the development. I just, you can see that love is a totally different quarterback in a good way from where he's been in his previous starts. And that's what you really want to see at this point. Yeah. And I think one thing I'm glad you mentioned the touchdown to Romeo Dobbs and the Luke Musgrave, you know, just addition to the offense, because you can tell that he's building relationships with these players. And like, there's a comfort there where he looks for guys like Romeo Dobbs, like that ball was in a perfect spot and Dobbs went up and made a really nice catch. It wasn't, you know, like just a fluky catch that Dobbs happened to be in the vicinity for like, there's a chemistry there and a rapport that's building. And that's what you want to see, especially out of a really young offense. And I know that, you know, we had the flyaway across the middle on the third down to Luke Musgrave. That would have been a really big completion if that had had happened. But those things, those things always happen. And that's what the preseason is for to kind of get some of those jitters out. And he made the really tough throws. And I think that's what matters, right? Is, you know, those easy throws will come to him as he gets more game <clears throat> live game reps the the rhythm and the precision and the accuracy on some of those like those deep balls and those shot plays is there and I think that's what was really impressive is like you said he had a poise to him and he looked really confident in his couple drives I think the more comfortable he is the better his accuracy is going to be because that seems to be really the only like knock on his game at the moment between the game and practice um, he's making all the right reads his footwork looks great right he's like knowing where to go with the ball it's just the touch and the accuracy when to let it out of his hands, depending on where the defender is all that. But that just, again, comes with game time experience. Like he's going to make mistakes. Like Luke Musgrave was wide open. Would you want that back? Yeah, of course you would. But I think overall he's not making stupid decisions and he's certainly not putting the ball in harm's way, even if his accuracy is a little bit off. So I think those are some of the things he probably needs to work on before the season starts. And quite frankly, it's going to keep going on through his rookie season. Yeah. And then, you know, other notable uh, performances from some of the young players, Emmanuel Wilson had his two touchdown over 100 yard day on the ground, putting himself firmly in the competition to be running back three really cool story. If you didn't see it on social media, the fact that it was 14 years to the day that he lost his father then got to go out in his first NFL game and have that kind of performance as a rookie is really special. Um, Dontavian Wicks, I thought looked really good, you know, kind of putting himself in the conversation to be wide receiver four behind Dobbs, Watson, and Reed, who also had, you know, a nice day. I thought the wide receivers in general played really well. Malik Heath, I know post game was talking about how he's ready to be like the goon of the receiver room. Like he'll be the bully <laughs> if they need him to. And, that's something obviously we know that Matt LaFleur values when you talk about guys like Alan Lazard and the pedigree that they have as blockers. Malik Youth blocked somebody out of the stadium practically. Yeah. Like, probably would have been a flag on game day, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, these are guys like you can tell they're really hungry and they want it. And I think it was a Ty Dunn piece, um, kind of unrelated, sorry, tangent, but JJ Nigbari was talking about how the team can just play so freely because they're being doubted so when you don't have the expectations to succeed you can just go ball out and let loose and be yourself so I think that's kind of what we saw from the rookies in the preseason was just or in this first preseason game was the ability to like let loose and be who they are and their performances really really showed on the field that they're all hungry to make this football team 
Yeah. And I think it's probably been made very clear to them about how to make this football team. If you're not, you know, wide receiver one through four, and that's going to be on teams and that's going to be blocking. And you're going to have to show, you know, Matt LaFleur needs you to do those things and he needs you to be able to do some of the dirty work and do your one eleventh. I mean, you mentioned Lyle Lazard already, and it's like the perfect example of a guy who just like did all of that and kind of, ended up being a starter because he was capable of doing so much and also, you know, naturally ended up having a great um, catch connection with Aaron Rodgers. And like these rookies can build that up over time with Jordan Love, but to make the 53, you're going to have to do some of the dirty work um, to start out, which is just, you know, the way it goes. Yeah. I know he's been one of the most talked about players after preseason game one, but flipping to the defensive side of the ball, Carrington Valentine, a seventh round rookie has just been exceeding. I think all expectations getting some looks with the ones in camp. It sounds like Matt LaFleur today was even talking about giving Rasul Douglas some looks at safety so that they can try to get Carrington Valentine in the starting three rotation at corner with Jair Alexander and Keyshawn Nixon. So getting your best five in the secondary would speak incredibly highly of Carrington Valentine as a seventh Mm -hmm. round pick. If they're trying to put him in their starting five, this, you know, this far into camp. I know. Um, I'm curious. I would love to get a draft expert to like, tell me why he was drafted in the seventh round. Like there has to be a reason. Did he go to a small program? Was there like off the fields? Like there just has to be a reason because no, I don't know. Maybe he's just like blossoming under the pressure, but um, the Packers have a really interesting dilemma where they have like only very good outside corners and just simply like not enough places <laughs> to play them, which is not a bad problem to have, but you know, Stokes is going to come back and he's probably going to want to retake his spot as well. And you have Nixon in the slot and he has zero competition. Um I didn't love the moving Rasul around. I think last season when you kept him in his natural position, he played his best. Now, you mentioned it. Matt LaFleur praised his football IQ. And um, I don't doubt that Rasul would do a good job. And quite frankly, they need safety help more than literally anything else. Um, But it it will be interesting to watch their rotation. Um, And I think it also gives you a little bit more confidence in the depth. Because before... The season started when you looked at this, you're like, okay, well, the Packers have great starters in the secondary, but the depth after that is who, like, if anybody is out for any length of time, you start to get a little bit worried. And now I think some of that worry um, gets mitigated because you've had this rookie who has kind of shown out at camp and showed he deserve at least deserves the opportunity to take those snaps on the boundary. Yeah, ton of safety rotation on uh, Friday night as well against the Bengals. Dallin Levitt yeah. had a pick at safety. It sounds like Anthony Johnson Jr. is getting some occasional looks with the first-team defense. He played a ton of snaps on special teams against the Bengals, and he was primarily with the second- and third-team defense, so he's getting some looks with the ones. I think they're just honestly at this point doing their due diligence, right? It looks like uh, Tavarius Moore had some looks with the ones today, so... I think they're just really trying to find their starting two. And I'm sure we're going to see that rotation at safety continue going into the second and third games because there were a lot of additions and I don't think anybody has narrowed down a spot. No, it's still like a wide open competition. And luckily there's still plenty of camp left because 
We're going to need to figure that out before week one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, let's talk about Anders Carlson. I know you don't want to, but it <laughs> started really hot in the Bengals game, making all his kicks and then kind of fell apart at the end of the game. I think it's still rookie jitters. And I guess my question is how long of a leash do you think he has at this point before the Packers get nervous about his performance? Okay, here I have two comments about this because one to your question, I think his leash is fairly long because, like, if it's not losing them games, I think they're going to give him, you know, like, some growing yeah. room. But to that end, I don't understand why they don't have anyone else in. Like, they should at least have some, like, practice squad level kickers. I mean, they brought people in when Mason Crosby was was kicking for us. So, like, where's the competition like or just like the, the backup like there should be someone because like he missed right there's competition bad... at punter like yeah right like there just should always be backup options so that's my question really for the Packers front office not so much like how long are they going to give him because like who knows we could be back in um we could start the season and it could be totally fine and he misses the like occasional errant kick but like who doesn't um it's more that like it's been a consistent thing and even today in practice it's wednesday august 16th and we're going to move on to the patriots in a second but the packers had joint practices with the patriots and he was literally perfect except for like one random kick that apparently also the patriots kicker had a hard time with because of the wind and like that that's the kind of like i just think kicker woes have a lot of need a lot of context as well yeah and i mean Obviously, the connection here is his brother because they're related. But Daniel Carlson had the same struggles with the Vikings when he was uh, brought onto the team. They released him. And now he's having a very successful career with the Raiders. So it really kind of shows you that there are growing pains when you're a rookie kicker. There's a lot of acclimation to get into the NFL. Um, but sometimes they do pan out. It's just a matter of whether or not the Packers feel comfortable <clears throat> kind of weathering those storms or if they're going to want to look elsewhere but I'm glad you mentioned joint practices obviously going on the rest of the week and then the Packers and Patriots will play the second preseason game at Lambeau Field on Saturday one of my favorite takes that I saw from this whole thing today was Paul Brettel who I love if you're not following him already you should because he does excellent work but he said that one of the most um, promising things that he saw from Jordan Love today was that New England threw everything at him, right? Like blitzes, lots of different personnel, had a lot of late movement. And that's what teams are probably going to do 
against mm-hmm. him to start the season to try to rattle him and confuse him. So the way that Love kind of kept his poise and performed well against all those unique pressures is a really good sign for the way that he's developing as a pa- as a passer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's great that you just mentioned that because I, I mentioned the Kansas City game and you talk about a guy who just had no idea what to do. And if you're looking at Jordan Love right now and trying to assess him, you're just looking at growth, right? Like, has he gone from point A to point B and then point B to point C? And again, not live and you can't actually stack the quarterback, but it is really nice to see when you're going up against not your own defense, right? Someone else's defense and they're throwing the kitchen sink at you and he's a completely different guy who's still keeping that poise and making the right decisions under pressure. That is a great indication that he's moving in the right direction. Again, you'll just have to see it, you know, when they can actually hit him because they can't do that right now. (laughs) Um, More evidence to the Luke Musgrave might be the entire offense camp. Um, There was an end around to Luke Musgrave in the red zone that, you know, blew up Twitter as well. So it's, it's fun, right? I mean, it seems like Packers fans are just, there's a lot of players to be excited about on the offensive side of the ball. Yes. You know, you have studs on defense and there's some really promising rookies on the defensive side of the ball as well. But you had said it last week when Aaron Nagler joined us. The Packers haven't had a tight end to be really excited about since Jermichael Finley. <clears throat> so the fact that they have Luke Musgrave, we haven't heard as much from Tucker Craft, but he'll get his opportunities as well. It's a lot to like, and it's fun to have a young offense that can build off of all these things together. Yeah. I mean, I think what's exciting about Luke Musgrave is, I mean, I'll speak personally. I think there's a couple of things. I think one is like the tight end position just has not been any kind of, really like big focal point for this team when it comes to like roster building, right. They have just not invested. Like they, they did the Martellus Bennett thing, right. They, they did the cook thing. They brought in, you know, a very, very aging Jimmy Graham, like, the, but not in the way that they did it this, this season, right. In the draft, like to take a tight end of Luke Musgraves and Tucker Crafts, quite frankly, caliber, take them back to back on the, not back to back, but in the same day, right? Round two, round three, to just like invest that much, it's hard not to get excited about them. And that's no hate to Josiah DeGuara either. I know they took him in the third round a couple of seasons ago, but we've seen he's more of that H back fullback. Like Luke Musgrave is your big body move tight end. Um, and he's an athletic freak, right? Like this was this this was the draft to take a tight end. Um, we knew the Packers were going to. They had to. That room had literally no one in it. Um, and they ended up taking a guy who, quite frankly, if he hadn't gotten injured, probably would have been a first-round pick. Um, and they got him at what might end up being a pretty good deal because he looks like everything that you want in a tight end and more he's six, six. He's a huge body. He's super fast. He's catching pretty much everything. He's having an amazing camp. He's already developed a connection with the quarterback and that's really exciting. Um, I think a dynamic tight end. I mean, you see it across the league. You see it in your Travis Kelsey's and your George Kittles and not even in those guys who are just like top of their line, but in the Mark Andrews, right. Of the NFL where, they just completely change the dynamic of an offense. They just bring this level that doesn't, that defenses like have to game plan for, right? You're a mismatch when you're six, six and you're that fast and you 
can go up against a corner who's maybe a little bit smaller than you, but you can also get matched up against a linebacker and you can also block your ass off. Like there's just something about this level of a tight end that um, could be, I don't know, this is not a hot take, but like just a forecast of just like could end up being like a really unexpected security blanket for a young quarterback. And I think what's interesting too, when we talk about the performance of all these rookies is that, Lucas Van Ness, who was the first round pick, is kind of flying under the radar. And I know everybody says he's like a, a physical specimen and he looks fantastic, but it's kind of funny because normally the first round pick is like the premier focal point. And then the rest of the draft class, you're just like hoping that you hit on a couple. Lucas Van Ness is kind of like the forgotten man when we talk about this draft class. Like we know he'll be good. He's behind Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. He's probably just not a focal point at practice right now, but we're talking about Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft and Carrington Valentine and Anthony Johnson Jr. And, um, you know, Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks and all these players that are getting all these opportunities. Um, Anders Carlson was a draft pick. Sean Clifford had a really nice preseason performance and he's a draft pick. Like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of funny to see that the first round pick is kind of being swept under the rug because this class is just so good. And yes, it's early, but they look pretty good. I mean, it's funny that you say that because my rebuttal would have been, well, we're just really hyper-focused on the offense because that's the big question mark. But at the same time, you're right. We are talking about the kicker and a seventh round cornerback, but I think because those are surprises. And like, to me, the idea of Lucas Van Ness being like kind of a ready-made starter right now, like just isn't a surprise. It's awesome to see. And you love that he's like hitting expectations, but you just don't get as much love when all you do is hit expectations and that's fine. Uh, That's not like, I don't, I feel like that came out sounding as a negative. I don't mean that as a negative. I just think like he'll get his flowers when the season starts and he's a wrecking ball on the field, but that's just kind of like where we're at right now. And speaking of the Packers defense got 13, what would have been 13 sacks on Mac Jones and the Patriots offense today. So that's without Rashawn Gary. So <laughs> things are going very well, I think, up front. Yeah, so let's let's segue then into, we know the second preseason game is on Saturday. It's a night game at Lambeau Field. Who are some players maybe that you think their stock is rising, stock is falling, or just players you'll generally have your eye on? Because we did this last week, and we hit on quite a few. So let's talk about guys that we're going to be fixated on come Saturday. We should go back and look at who we said. I think I said Jonathan Owens. <clears throat> I said, I think Malik Heath and... I think Tariq Carpenter was my other one. Cool. So I have a few. Um, I, well, I think it probably depends on who's playing, but I'm really excited to see Jaden Reed on teams. He's been returning punts. You know, we have our kick returner, our all pro, but punts were not necessarily Keyshawn Nixon's thing. I mean, he can do it. He can do everything. Um, But I think it's really fun that they have a really nice backup and a, by all accounts, Jaden Reed looks really comfortable back there, um, which is really nice. Um, I also just am excited about him in this offense in general. Um, you know, we talk a lot about our rookies, and for some reason I keep forgetting that he is one. I don't know if you feel that way, but he just, like, has seamlessly, like, eased his way in, like, has taken his place as wide receiver three, like, the bona fide slot guy. And I actually forget that he's, like, never actually played a meaningful snap with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. So I'd like to see him play more. Um, On the other side of the ball, I mean, I'm still looking at the safeties, right? I think as everyone should be. Um, I don't necessarily – I'm not necessarily gunning for one particular player, 
but it's just like someone has got to step up and stand out um, because I think mediocrity back there is going to really hurt this entire defense this season who is going need to going to need to play very well for this offense. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, <clears throat> one of the names that I think really flashed in week one, and I'm hoping that they continue that week too. Bratton Cox Jr., undrafted rookie, had kind of an – he has an uphill climb, I think, to make the roster as that edge player because that room is pretty full, especially with um, Rashawn Gary coming back. You've got Rashawn, Elvian, Preston Smith. It seems like J.J. Nagbari would be the, the fourth linebacker. So now you're looking at possibly the fifth edge rusher if the Packers even keep five. But he played really, really well in week one. And – I think sometimes we take that edge unit for granted because we've always mm-hmm. had some really premier players. And then of course the Packers go and draft someone in the first round, <clears throat> but I'm curious what he'll do in week two. And then on offense, it sounds like Grant DeBose is going to get to actually get some playing time in week two, make his, his preseason debut as a rookie. So I think that bottom rotation at wide receiver is, is still wide open. We talk about maybe four guys. I think the Packers probably end up keeping six maybe mm-hmm. seven depending on what happens with the tight ends and Tyler Davis having a season ending injury, which is really unfortunate for him. Um, sounds like there's going to only really three tight ends on the roster. So we'll see what the the bottom depth looks like at wide receiver. But I think all of the guys have been showing out so far in that room. Okay. I have two questions for you. Okay. One, do you think Dontavian Wicks makes this roster? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Um, Two, do they bring in a free agent tight end? I think that's a really good question. And I think it kind of depends how much the team likes Austin Allen because the fourth tight end, you know, you're kind of a teamer, right? Like Tyler Davis played a lot of special team snaps. He was like one of the guys. So I think it depends if they feel comfortable with the guys they have on the special teams units, because I don't know if I thought Tyler Davis was going to have like a huge role on offense. Um, but then I think it also depends how much they like their fullback, Henry Pearson, because I like I know the Packers have had some yeah. really historical fullbacks. But if he can replicate, you know, some of those looks, we we talk about Josiah DeGuar being like an F back sometimes and an H back. So like I don't know. I think that a, a fourth tight end could be useful for Matt LaFleur because we know he likes some of that 12 personnel, but I don't know if they're gonna go looking, especially knowing what their their budget is right now in free agency. Yeah. I looked at the list and no one really like did it for me either. Like it's not a great market. Quite frankly, I wish that Mercedes Lewis was still available because that probably <laughs> would have been the move. Um, but you know, hindsight's 2020. Um, cool. Okay. So we're in, we're in agreement then. Um, I can't imagine that Austin Allen's going to really move the needle for them, but it's good to have some practice squad guys. Yeah, I agree. Any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Anything you're mostly excited about? Because I think it's just kind of fun that Bill Belichick's in town, honestly. I just love that Jordan Love, like, showed out for Bill. Like, it's like when, like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of a fun example. But, like, imagine, like, the president comes to your school and, like, watches you give a speech and you just, like, nail it. Like, that's what this feels like. (laughs) Like, Bill's a legend. Um, uh, I'm excited to just, like, watch some more of this, like, very young offense uh, put some things together on the field. Like, it just, 
think the more that they play together, the more the growing pains will like work their way out of their system. But I understand why, you know, if we only get two series again, like I do understand why you want, you want to be like, okay, we saw it, we did it now get everyone off the field. Um, But I'd like to see more than that. Not that like, I didn't love the Sean Clifford show, but that's not why I'm tuning in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that does actually bring up my final question. Do you think, Jordan Love plays the same amount in preseason games two and three. Do you think we see him like uptick any? Do you think we see him taper off? Do you think he plays in both games? And if so, for how long? I think he plays in both games. I think it, the amount he plays will totally depend on like the product on the field, to be honest. Um, I think like if the, you know, that second drive ended in a nice touchdown, like that felt like an easy, okay, bow wrap up done, put him away. And then, you know, glass encased box. Um, We'll see, right? Could he play if he has one really like if the offense just has like one really good drive and Matt LaFleur feels like he's seen enough and put enough on the field to like, okay, we have enough tape to go back with and he could play less. I could also see him playing a little bit more. I, I don't think it's necessarily the number of series, but more about like what the series gives them to work off of. Agreed. I think that's a great way to wrap up the show. So Remember, Packers and Patriots kicks off 7 p.m. Central Time on Saturday. <clears throat> Lambeau Field. Can't wait to see Lambeau all pretty under the lights uh, for a preseason night game. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Please follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast on all other socials at Pax What She Said. You can find us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Like the show, subscribe, download it everything you can do that helps helps all of our numbers thank you as always for listening to the show and go pack go go pack go